Hey guys, and welcome to episode 10 now we're up to. Ticking along on quite nicely, and it was a bit of a horrible week in AFL. There's a few upsets, um, some tipping went astray, some bets were off the mark, but I mean, even the Saints won this week. And uh, <laughs> speaking of the Saints, we've got Dr. Mong in here, who's fresh from Fitzroy Crossing, back at DT Talk HQ in Perth. How are you, Mong? I'm very well up and about. Glad to be back in civilization and glad to see the Saints winning. Saints, what are they, three and two now? They are. They're just outside the eight, sitting in ninth at the moment. I reckon they're going to find themselves in the eight after smashing Brisbane on Anzac Day, hopefully. Well, yeah, Brisbane haven't been going that well. And we're also joined by Shawnee T. How are you going? Good, thank you. How are you, Tibetan? Yeah, doing all right. Uh, I'm actually back into the 2,000-point scores for the first time since, like, round two or something, so... I'm there as well. I don't think I've had... Or might not even, I don't think I've even had a 2,000 score this year in the Real Dream Team, so it's nice to see the 2007 sitting there. That's it. It's been a bit of a shocker for us to start the year. We all had the same uh, PODs, and um, that hasn't paid off. My scores in this round it was 2054 in Real Dream Team, and... Chewy for Chew 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 in I AFL Fantasy. That is the exact same score as Roy. <laughs> Was it? Yeah. Oh, well. I haven't listened to that podcast yet, so hopefully we didn't make the same and joke. we did make the same <laughs> joke. <laughs> oh, that's a shocker. Both as funny as each other, apparently. Anyway, yeah, so what that's about you guys? So funny. <laughs> oh, jeez. I had 22.30, so I just pipped you in Fantasy. And I'm up to 705 in the overall ranking, so I'm, I'm pretty happy with my AFL Fantasy team. And I'm... Yeah, really looking forward to the buy rounds and how that pans out and see if I can sort of push myself up the rankings a bit further. Like I said, Real Dream Team had 2007 and I'm ranked around the 6K mark, so that's going not very well. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not mentoring any of my ranks at the moment. Sean, what about you? Managed to pull through for a 2-1-52 in AFL Fantasy, not, not quite where I want to be, and um, I find myself ranked just outside the 10,000 mark. Um, still have like, Liam Shields and... Josh Caddy sticking true to a, tr- a true cat with nine lives still manages to stay in my team every bloody week. So I'll be looking to get rid of them and, you know, a couple of other blokes will, will get a reprieve. Yeah, we'll talk about those guys later. I had uh, Shields and Mumford still sitting in my side in AFL Fantasy, which just shows the amount of carnage we had leading into uh, the round five team sheets, I guess. There's more than a few guys there and Shields and Mumford in the rucks, but the forward line was one that really killed me. How about you, Mong? I think you had a donut along the way. I did in the real dream. Like I said, my AFL fantasy team, I was very happy. I luckily went with the Cox-Sandy combo um, from the start of the season, I'm pretty sure, anyway. I didn't have Mumford, so I didn't have that issue, and I managed to get Shields out. So my AFL fantasy was all right. But in the real dream team, I did decide to cop a donut <laughs> because with the amount of issues, in, it was just ridiculous. I mean, there was... Well, yeah, have a look here. I had Mumford, Shields, Rowan, Mitchell, Caddy, and Ambrose all not playing. And I basically had to either play Curry on the field, which I just couldn't sort of bring myself to doing. So I traded <laughs> I traded out Mumford and caught the donut in the forward line by keeping both um, Tom Mitchell, Gary Rowan and Ambrose all in my team. So one of them oh. had to play on the field. I've never ever <laughs> traded a, era, a but... donut just because I didn't want to play Curry. That was 40 guaranteed points there. Well, yeah, but... I don't know if they were quite guaranteed. Yeah, no guaranteed. <laughs> I've got to have... Jacob's in my side instead, and he gave me yeah. 110, so I still feel like it was an alright trade. Yeah, we'll talk about him very, very shortly. Nice little segue into the polling this week, and uh, there's a fair few guys actually that we could have chucked in here. It was quite a good week in fantasy mm. terms, if not in uh, actual betting and tipping terms. Anyway, we'll kick off the three votes in the polling with you, Sean. Who've you got? 
Alex Vasolo decided to reward those who um, who brought him in for his second game. Uh, chipped in with a, well, I wouldn't say chipped in, but he went with a massive 110. It's actually his only second career 110 score in 50 odd games. He really seems to be relishing that, you know, that roll off half back with the absence of, you know, Heath Shaw's at GWS now. Seedsman's injured. Harry O'Brien, or Lumumba, as I should probably call him now, <laughs> he, he's shifted off into the midfield, and Ben Sinclair's injured. So, yeah, he's just really, really enjoying that role. McCann has to be a lock, really, doesn't he? He does, and he's uh, what he's had three seventy-plus scores now, so uh, no shockers along the way. And well done if you got him in. Uh, number solid. two, uh, two votes, Mom. I just mentioned him before the guy that I brought into my real dream team, um, Sam Jacobs in the ruck. He has been fantastic in the last few weeks. Really, he's been very solid. Um, he only had the 20 hitouts um, this week as well, and he still yeah. managed to get 110, averaging 29 hitouts for the year. So even when he isn't killing it in the ruck, he's still getting those kicks and marks around the ground. He's had four scores over 108 um, so far this year. He's also playing against the Bulldogs this week, which is um, Minson, who hasn't been going that great this year after his All-Australian year last year. Um, and he's given up some... Good or well, some decent scores to some average players in the <laughs> years so far. He's had given up an 82 to Warnock, 85 to Giles, um, Griffiths and Stevenson when he played the Tigers. Both had pretty good scores around the 70 mark, and then he gave up 108 to Cox. So you can expect another big score from the source this week. Awesome. I'm, I'm very happy with the source. He's getting around the ground, getting a lot of, uh, I think he had 20 plus possessions in the last two games, which is massive for a Ruckman. Anyway, I'm going to do the one vote here, and this is for a guy, I mean, I've talked about him in a couple of the articles the last few weeks, and even on the podcast, Kale Hooker. I'm calling it now, this guy's a premium. He Ugh. he is the highest averaging defender after five games. Now, that's not like a flash in the pan. That's five not just games. a mistake. Exactly. A decent sample size it's now. a serious sample size. He's looking good. 106 Dream Team points with a basement of 81 in all of those games. So he's just absolutely loving Essendon's playing style. Um, that's a 34-point increase in his scoring rate, and that's, you know, there's no secret to why that is. It's 12 marks per game, and he's just lapping it up in the switch across there. So, well, would you guys consider getting him into your team? Because I'm, I'm thinking maybe. He'd be well, ultra I mean, unique. I've got, I've got Hibbert at the moment, so maybe, or well, I wouldn't be thinking about it until after the buys. And, I mean, there's other guys back there that I still don't have. I still don't have Sam Mitchell. Um, and I'd probably look at getting him before I look at getting Hooker. Um, even Cade Simpson is an option there as well. And with the way Swallow... I mean, Suckling didn't have a game last week, but with the way sort of Swallow, Suckling, Collardazzinich have been going, it's probably not my priority to upgrade in the back line at the moment, yeah. but I'll certainly be looking at him later on in the year. Yeah, it's just, it's just amazing to see what the, um, you know, the, the change in game plan and the, the change in roles, see what they're doing for, the, for some of these players. I tell you what, if you, if you told me you know, before the season that after round five, Hooker was... You made me cho- choose between Hooker being the highest averaging defender and... The Saints being three and two, I would have had a hard time deciding which one of those was going to come true. Yeah, all right. Hooker is now a premium. It's it's done. It's in the bank. Um, Honourable mentions. Cochin had uh, 138 points as the vice captain loophole, which very I mean, handy for a lot of people. I had Rocky. It was a very close toss up between the two. Between oh, what, who are you going to put on? Yeah, as VC. Yeah. Yeah. So Cochin, obviously the winner there. Little fun fact, he averages 88.7 when he's being tagged this year, but 132.5 when he's not. So if he's not getting a little tag... Yeah, they play the Hawks this week, so he should be good again. Should be good. Any other honorable mentions? Well, Ebert, your anti-boy, <laughs> he had 125, and he's averaging 119 DT points this year. So he has been smashing it. That's a 20-point increase on his um, in output over 2012 and 13. 
So, yeah, great pick warning to go with Kane Corn <laughs> over, over Ebert. To be fair, he did text me and I said I couldn't, I couldn't bring it, Brad Ebert in, so my fault. I think he did enjoy playing against the Eagles as well, his former side. The next bloke was Benny McGlynn with 153 this week, and that's a blue moon score if I've ever seen it. He went, he chimed in with the, the quad double, which is um, double figures in the kicks, handballs, marks, and tackles. He also got two goals running absolute right on the Dockers. That is an unreal stat line, isn't it? Are we thinking of getting him in, boys? I would say. <laughs> I mean, I had a look at some of his stats. It is laughable that I even bothered to do this, but I just wanted to prove a point. He only had one ton all of last year, and he had nine scores under 70, including a few horrible... There's a score in the 20 and a score in the teens, I'm pretty sure, so... No, yeah. you can't do it. No, and he's, he's one of those hateable players, those guys who just have a head that oh, you want yeah. to punch. Yeah, he definitely does. All right, let's get a bit more negative. I'll, I'll like this bit because I get to sort of give some of my players a kick up the arse. Um, I think there's no one who deserves a bigger kick than who are you about to say, Sean? Three votes in the trolling. Dyson bloody heppel. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you were up and about about him last week. <laughs> Best <laughs> trade of the season. That's a bit harsh. I've, I think I've had him all his whole his whole career in my team, and yeah. you know he's he's generally done pretty well. He stayed in my team pretty much all year, every year. But yeah, this week he, he got he got the measly forty three. I actually got him in a couple of I think after round two, and um, he had some really good Has scores after trade. that, both one twenty plus. I'm pretty sure. But, um, yeah, he, he managed to attract the current tag, which someone predicted last week, did they not? Uh, that's a big call. <laughs> First one I've had come off. Nailed it. I'm stoked with that. And we've been talking about it for a couple of weeks. We said that they might end up going to a younger guy who hasn't you know, handled the tag quite so well, and that's what's happening uh, with him now. And, well. and it seemed to work. I mean, the Saints... What, uh, the Bombers have been dominating the possession count and the Dream Team scores over the first four rounds. And it seems like, you know, the Saints decided to tag one of their sort of outside link-up players and maybe that really did have an effect on their game style because the Dream Team points definitely weren't there this week as they have been in previous weeks. So maybe that's yeah. something going forward for the Bombers that might happen a bit more often. Absolutely. It doesn't um, help that they have absolutely no forward line. Anyway, uh, number two, uh, two votes in the trolling. Ooh. I'm going to go with my former boy, Scooter. <laughs> former boy. I'm, I'm cutting all ties <laughs> to Scott Selwood right now. I just don't know what's going on with him. Three scores out of the five games this year, underneath 65. I mean, for someone who costs 108-point uh, price, that's just ridiculous. You know, two only two of those scores under 65 in his previous two seasons combined. Scooter, you're kidding yourself, and you're absolutely out of my team. You're no longer my boy. In fact, you've been replaced by Brad Ebert. <laughs> From now on, captain of the my boys is, is Brad Ebert, because you're killing me, Scoots. You're killing me. All right, number one, or one point in the trolling, goes to a bit of a combo here of Ellis and Tyson. So two of the commonly owned midfield rookies that, and, you know, quite a few people would have had him on the field, especially Tyson. If you had Ellis on the field, you know, feel very sorry for you. He had yeah. two points. Tyson's had 46. And it just hurts even more when you compare it to the score of especially Pollock, who had 110. And I was happy enough to have him on my field this week. Um, I did have Dunstan on the bench, though, for his 67. I swapped him and him and Pollock around. So if you had Pollock and Dunstan on the field this week as your two rookies over Ellis and Tyson, you'd be very happy. Um, Ellis and Tyson, the other reason they're trolling us is that they've both dropped in price slightly. Yeah. And their break-evens are both sort of up now with Tyson having a break-even of 78 and Ellis having a break-even of 60 in fantasy and 91 in real dream team. And so you really can't see, you know, you can't be confident in either of them really hitting that. Um, yeah, the well, other, they're not going to make you any, pro, any cash yeah, in the well, next couple yeah. of weeks. Uh, that's I mean, the only know. decision now is that 
is that, you know, do you want to hold them just because of their, their buys, which are handy? Ellison um, tight, or Ellis has a round nine buy and Tyson has a round 10 buy, so we know we've got a lot of round eight midfield primo buys, so it might be handy to have them in those rounds, but we'll talk about that a bit later, I think. Just honourable mentions. First one you've got to say is to Juddy. Uh, six minutes, absolutely cooked himself. <laughs> it was hard to watch. I was feeling a little bit sorry, and then I realised, well, you used to play for the Eagles and you sharked us, so <laughs> take that. Uh, Liberatore is the other one, just on a more serious note. He had 67 points. And he's another one that we all picked as a as a POD in the oh, preseason. I cannot he's believe he's still sitting in my team. Yeah, he's lucky to be there. That's well, to be he honest. has to stay there because there's too many other things to worry about, and he's lost too much money. Yeah, like, he's down. He's like... absolutely killing me. He got tagged this week by Kerno, and you know one of the reasons why I wanted to pick Liber in the preseason, and we talked each other into it, obviously, was that he's not going to get the tag. He's got Griffin and Cooney there. And he's one of those inside tackling players, and they never get tagged. Like you see, um, surely even Jackson McRae's in line for a tag before Liverpool. Yeah, exactly. So like Boyd, Prittis, these guys in the past never been tagged. So you think you're pretty safe, but uh, he's just been a bit of a mong. Mong. He has been. Looks to be suffering. The last on dishonourable mention that I want to throw out there is the bloody save changes button. You guys had any problems with this? It's just an ongoing issue that FanHub really need to fix. I don't know why we still have this or why we've bought in this. Save yeah, really. We've never had it in the past. No. I mean. Well, not recently. For example, the thing that's been irking me was from, I think, I can't remember if it was two or three weeks ago. This is actually like, I don't even want to tell because it's so bad. <laughs> I, I've used, we should have used, or we should have 36 trades left, but I have 37 trades left, and that's really annoying me, having an odd number there. I don't know why, but I know that everyone else has used one more trade than me because I, I can't remember how it happened, but I've done my trades, and then I must have reversed them and then done one of them, and... Or done two of what one at one point and then done the second one and not saved the changes afterwards. The or some, something like that. Anyway, ends up luckily it was only like a forward line rookie swap. So yeah. I missed out on having Sam Ward in my team or something like that. But it's just crazy that you you know you have to press this button. It's two thousand and fourteen. There's technology, we've got electricity now, we're not Amish anymore. <laughs> Supercoach and Dream Team don't have it. I don't understand why Fan Hub has brought that into AFL fantasy and I've heard stories about, you know, you might have had Pollock um, on the bench. Yeah, horror (laughs) stories. Pollock on the bench um, a couple of weeks ago instead of Ellis. If you, you know, reverse your changes or then you've gone and trying to change it again and not actually save the changes probably, you could have had Ellis's two over Pollock's 110 cough warn dog. So, (laughs) that's massive. That's uh, Sorry. (laughs) That's naughty. (laughs) All right, let's get into something a little bit more fun now. try something a little bit new here because we've got the two guests on the podcast we've got all three of us so let's go with the dt court and this is something we can use for and against and then we'll get uh, the honorable judge to make a decision uh in the first one we've got sean you can be the judge on this one um and mong uh you will go the four and i'll be the against and the question is the first case that we've got in front of us is will you consider dane swan this week 30 seconds ready set go so i'm using my um school debating skills by the question using the word consider I think the answer is obviously yes because you know consi- you're going to at least oh, consider it, it out. are you going to get he it is, run out of time mate um, 
Um, he's back in the style last week, and he will be for the next two weeks, where he's had 30 hundreds in his last 38 games there with no scores under 80. His next two games are Friday night games at the MCG. We know he loves a Friday night game because he can go and party for the rest of the weekend. <laughs> They're both at the MCG. Big stage. He loves it. We'll never get a tag. His next two opponents are the Bombers and the Blues. This is going to probably run out of time because he's got so many massive scores to reel off. His last seven versus the Bombers, 115, 120, 187, 171, 171, 104, 116. Last seven versus Carlton, 163, 171, 105, 101, 116, 114, 141. In other words, he's got 14 tons against those two teams in his last 14 games against them. You're a cheater. All right. Everyone means no. All right. I'm going to go with the against starting now. Okay, Dane Swan. He's got the just the one score over 105. In five games this season That's ridiculous And not someone we can really consider Bringing in as a premium Uh, That one score was only 145 Against North Melbourne Notoriously the only team in the league That have absolutely 100% never tagged So that is so loose No wonder he scored well against them Um, Yes, he has a good uh, record Against his next two opponents Carlton and Collingwood But that was the old swan The old Sir Oinkington Now we've just got this shitty little (laughs) Roasted version He's 30 now He's got a staff wrist He's not getting any better No dance one Oh, well, there's some two pretty, pretty, pretty good arguments. My verdict is, well, yeah, you consider him, you know, if we're being technical, but um, whether or not you actually get him in, I'm going to say no. Now, the reason being is, pretty much every team has beams locked. He was, you know, super, super cheap right at the start of the year, so you'd be wrong not to have him. Other than that, I'm, I'm going to go out and say every other team's got one of your round eight premium midfielders already, whether or not it be. Pendles, Ablett, Stevie J, you know, the list goes Fox. on. Selwood, whatever you could be, we be here all day. So yeah, even though he's Price is probably going to rise. I agree he's going to smash it this week. I reckon you're better off waiting until after round eight. And, yeah, you'll get a better look at him in the meantime. And you'll know what sort of pig you're going to get. So, I won. (laughs) Well done. All right, we'll get on to the second case now. I'll be the honourable judge. The case for is you, Sean. And the case against is the Monster. All right, bring it to the attention of the court. Will you bring in Matt Crouch this week? Sean, you've got 30 seconds. Go. All right, I reckon yes. Midfield time. You know, his job security is really solid at the moment. Richard Douglas, after his little cheap hit off the ball, he's gone for two weeks. He's gone until after the bye. Van Bella, he's light years away. He's, you know, got, he's, he's bloody no, no, no Achilles. Brad Crouch, his brother, he's gone for three weeks. He's just going to get, he's just going to be racking up the ball. No concern over the green vest. Why would you give a guy that's got 69 possessions in two and a half games a green vest? It's just be stupid. I reckon Matt Crouch is safe as houses. Yes, he's a safe option, but you can't do it. We just talked about this. He's got a round eight buy. We've already got enough midfield primos in that slot, and you know you can't afford to just ch- start chucking rookies in that round eight buy slot for midfield, um, where we have you know some really good options that don't have this buy. He's also got the injury concern. That's the reason he was subbed off at three quarter time. He's got little problems with his hamstring, and we know his brother's you know injured, so you know could be running in the family the injury problems. He's priced at 199k in Real Dream Team and like 280k in AFL Fantasy. You know, there's a lot of cheaper options, especially guys like Nick Robertson from the Lions on the bubble this week. <laughs> Sorry, I know you're finished. I just wanted to do the, <laughs> do the thing. Sean was really quick. All right, uh, decision time. I'm going with against. Now, this is tough. And I think the thing that got me with your argument oh. is that... Settle down. <laughs> is that Robertson is 80k less... You know, you're not going to get the, the exact same output, but you only want him there for the cash. So, and yeah, the hamstring just adds an extra red flag for me. I'm going with no because we've got other options. Robertson, Schmobertson. 
Well, I think Fantasy Freco chucked out there that he attended the most ball-ups of any, or centre bounces of any um, Lions, player. Lions player last week. That's that just shows honestly Brisbane don't know what they're doing. Really that, should, do that should be Rocky. I really do think the round eight buy is the biggest reason. All right, it's my turn to be the judge of this one. The next question is going to be um, whether or not you should trade out Dom Tyson or Xavier Ellis if you're trying to choose between the two for an upgrade or downgrade in the midfield. So Alex is going to be for Tyson and Sean's going to be for Ellis. Or for trading out Tyson and Sean's going to be for trading out Ellis. Ready, set, go. All right, look, I reckon you should trade out Dom Tyson. This is why. Ellis is only worth 253k, Tyson is 356, meaning that if you're trading him down or up, you're getting a hell of a lot more cash. So you can trade him down to Robertson, you can trade him up to a premium, whatever. He's got a break-even of 79 this week, which is, it is achievable, but even if he gets that, he's just going to hold his price. He's not going to go up anytime soon. Uh, so cash in on Tyson and leave Ellis as your long-term cash cow. So his price will, I mean, whether or not he plays this week is irrelevant. Once that two goes out of his price rotation, he'll start to climb up really, really quickly again. So leave him there on your bench, long-term, wait till he gets a uh, 350k, <laughs> trade out Tyson. All righty, I actually disagree with that. I reckon we should um, I reckon we should be getting rid of Ellis and keeping Tyson. West Coast named their injury list yesterday and you know Ellis was, a, was listed as a test, a calf problem apparently. Um, even if he's named, there's still going to be doubt over him playing. He, you know, we, we don't want a late withdrawal. We'll see what that can do. He has a break-even of 60 in AFL Fantasy. I, even if he does get that, I don't know how much money you're going to make. Not very much at all. My opinion is he should be side, sideways or probably even upgrading to Crouch or downgrading to Robertson. Also, Ruse admitted that he shouldn't have subbed Tyson. Tyson is therefore not going to be subbed because he's not going to make the same mistake again. And, yeah, get rid of... Uh, well, despite the fact that Sean's argument was not nearly as eloquent as his older brother Alex's, I'm actually <laughs> going to have to agree with Sean on this one. Um, sorry, mate. Uh, You've provided some very good points, but I just think I've been harping on this a little bit lately, but the buy thing is that Tyson has around 10 buy, Ellis has around 9 buy, and you really need to start thinking about these sorts of things now. So if you have Tyson instead of Ellis, he's going to be there for both your round eight and round nine. You can play him on the field. He's going to give you good scores. Ellis is just a guy you're going to have on your bench anyway. I don't think he's quite as important. You know, you can yeah get rid of him. Although he doesn't make you as much cash up. This is bullshit. This is bullshit. Actually, I'll, I'll probably end up trading Ellis out as well. <laughs> I'll probably end up trading Tyson. <laughs> money, 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 I'm rolling in Alright, so we're lucky enough to be joined by two of the better uh, punters going around these days and we're going to kick off another segment which we like to call Mong Bet. Mong Bet. <laughs> Alright, so first of all I'm just going to start off talking about some of the line bets available on Sports Bet which have nicely come up this morning. Very um, convenient. Yeah, very conveniently is the word I was looking for. So first of all, the one the, I'm going to mention four bets, two overs and two unders. The first one I like is Fife over 99.5 versus North. And as we said before, North don't tag, um, so he should run free. And his last four against them have been 112, 88, 99, and 137. So I'm picking him to go over that. Lock it. The next one, um, that's probably the one I like the most. The next one is Josh Kennedy from Sydney, JPK, to go under 103.5. He has no tons in his last five games versus Melbourne, which might be surprising. The line's probably up because they are playing Melbourne. But he does not have good history, and he's just not a dream team guy, as being said many times in the past. So I'm backing him to go under there. Yep. Um, the next one is Sam Mitchell, over 104.5. He's gone over this mark four out of his last five times versus Richmond. And 
despite Richmond having a good game last week, they were playing Brisbane, um, but the Hawks' dream team possession style of game is really going to carve them up, and I reckon Mitchell will smash that. Have you considered whether Jackson or Matt Thomas might go to tag, or you reckon he'll smash it anyway? I reckon he'll smash it anyway. Duh, busted out. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. I mean, they could they could go to any number of Hawks guys that, that could get a tag. Obviously, Mitchell's number one on this, but I reckon he'll still sneak over that mark without... He hasn't been tagged by them in the past. And the last one is a bit of a big call, but I reckon Stevie J could go under 116.5 this week. He has been running around like a pig so far this season, averaging, I think, like 130-something, even with that score of 70-odd in round two or three. Trademark Calvin DT. Um, Port have actually been a really good DT team for suffocating other teams' scores. And I reckon this Port-Geelong game is going to be quite close, and Stevie J isn't going to have his way as much as he's had in the last, you know, or so far this season. I reckon he might go under the 116 and a half. All right, lock it in. Uh, you can't chuck those in multis, though, can you? That's, no, well, that's you what frustrates me, I it's guess. disappointing. That was in order of my favourite bets, by the way. So the Fife one, number one, then JPK, number two. One, three, four. If you want to make a little bit extra cash on the side, follow Mombet. Uh, Shawnee T, you've been looking at Fantasy Pump very closely over the beginning of the season. Can you just give us a little bit of just some general rules that we should be following when making our round team? Yeah, well, if you been living under a rock and you haven't been playing this brilliant game well this that should be stopped right now um <laughs> Good yeah, so, yeah, so you're basically given a salary cap and you've got to pick up i think 26 blokes four on the bench 22 on the field if my maths is right yep. yeah so when constructing your team i like to start from the bottom which is picking the rookies you want to get the go-to guys you know the, the guys that aren't going to get the best so you, you know you don't want bloody gary rowan or no. <laughs> anyone like that yeah, one thing that's what that I like to do is get is get the Friday night plays because you you know that you know obviously the ones that haven't got the green best you know that they're gonna play um, pretty much a full game. So this um, week it's Essen versus Collingwood is the first game. Mm. So we will know the subs for that ninety minutes before it kicks off. So you know whether, for instance, Langdon, Langdon for Solo, any of those. Guys, yeah, yeah, Ashby, lots of those. Um, mm. Who's Ashby that? Gleason? Gleason? Yeah. Gleason's so you know whether really these guys. Options. Yeah, yeah. if Ashby and Gleeson don't have the best, I reckon you'd definitely lock both of them, especially Ashby, who you can pick as a defender. Um, Gleeson's a midfielder. Yeah, um, another thing is to consider having bench-playing rookies because uh, a, couple of, a couple of weeks ago, a lot of people got burnt by the, you know, the Mumford and the, the Curry, you know, them getting a laid out. So not only do you, you get the extra points if you've, if you've got a laid out, you're also gaining points on you know, the guys that haven't been smart enough to grab an emergency and... Mm. Happened to me last week. I had Lockie Hunter in my forward line. Didn't have... I had the basement price rookies, which, you know, it's a risk-reward. It will usually cost you an extra 20 or 30K per line to have a playing rookie on your bench. So, you know, that all ups over 100K, so you really have to toss it up. But, you know, it is worth it if you do have that late withdrawal. You want you only want to spend too much, obviously, with that bench player. Jake Lloyd, for instance, last week, he had... I mm. think he only had 35 points off the bench, and he was a sub. We knew that. But at least he was 115k. You could chuck him on there. If someone in your midfield had gone off, at least you're not getting a zero. That's an extra 35 points. be the points. difference between getting no money or getting, you know, 20 bucks to yeah, 70 that, bucks that, to 150 bucks. That's half whatever. a card and 20 bucks. I can't say no to that. Anything else? Yeah, well, when I'm looking through the teams and all the, all the um, entries, I see a lot of people with multiple entries. T-Better, you had about 12 last week. No, I did not. <laughs> I think there was a few imposters in there. You guys know who you are. So, yeah, like... I think getting multiple teams is probably the right way to go, especially when there's not too many uh, entries in at the moment. Because, you know, we can all... Stevie J a few weeks, a lot of people would have had him as captain and he got, he got what, 68 a few weeks back? So, you know, that just, that just destroys your week. So, yeah, you want, you know, you want a few different players that you must might be tossing up between, put one in each team and then, yeah, stick to the same core players. 
and see how you go. It's a couple of different captains there. It really helps. Um, I know one of my teams did a lot better a couple of weeks ago. I actually won the money. The other one didn't because I had a much better captain. Anything else? Or is, uh, is that pretty much it? I guess there's just the obvious point of going for players that have a desirable fixture. So I looked last week and saw that Adelaide were playing GWS. Thought they were going to smash it. So I had made sure I had Sam Jacobs and I had... Just like, you can go for a unique guy. I had Rory Sloan in my team. He didn't score that well, but I thought, you know, I think he got about 110. This was guaranteed, Which was though. a guarantee. Like, I knew that, you know, he was a bit less pricey and I could, you know, guarantee a good score there. So for this week, I'd be thinking of, um, obviously I'm a bit biased, but some Saints guys versus Brisbane. <laughs> Brisbane give up more fantasy points than any other team. As you saw last week, Richmond really took advantage of that. I mean, you know, Richmond are pretty crap. So you think that the Saints can do the same. Um, guys like cheaper guys like Jack Billings and Eli Templeton, they're the sort of guys you should be considering for those cheaper spots against a weak Brisbane team. Another guy I really like this week is Hickey for the R2 spot. Um, the Lions don't have Lewenberger, obviously. Trent West is playing the right for them. Sean Hampson had 52 hitouts. Sean Hampson from the Tigers had 52 hitouts versus Trent He's West. He's a walking potato, that so guy. So I reckon Hickey is a really good option as your second ruck to save some money. The next game I like is GWS versus Gold Coast. So GWS have been another of the really high-scoring fantasy teams this year. And Gold Coast have been giving up a lot of points as well. So guys like Callan Ward and Coniglio, you can consider maybe as an underpriced premium in that third or second midfield spot, depending on your structure. And then cheaper guys like Jed Lamb and Josh Kelly are both priced in that high 200k. And they can be also considered to fill out your midfield and forward line spots. Yeah, just speaking of Coniglio, not many people won't, you know, obviously consider him a premium, but he's been busting out some big scores this year. Averages like 104 points. Uh, Callum Ward, you mentioned as well. Just uh, just keep an eye on him. He might be out with concussion this week, but other guys like Trelaw as well Trelaw could, could be the ones. a little bit more pricey. But you go for. So that's some sort of, just some ideas to go with some more unique sort of guys for the round 16. Um, the other games available on the Fantasy Punt website are the Essendon Collingwood free hit game. So you can enter as many teams as you want in that. So if you want to just yeah, have to get yeah. a bit of a feel for the game, get around that one. And the other two are the Carlton West Coast game and the Richmond Hawthorne game. Yeah, I'll be loading up on those ones, um, especially Essendon versus Collingwood. I think you sit down for five or ten minutes, that's one team. You just pump it out for an <laughs> hour. Pump out as many teams as you can. Just a little tip on the match day things as well. Um, if, especially if you're on the free hit making heaps of teams in the very first week in the free of Hawthorne game bit of a brag here I had the first team and the third team so I won Ooh. myself a bit of money there I had I think five or six teams entered but I went with teams that had almost all Hawks players I had Sandlin as my only Freo player in both those teams so it's actually not a bad idea to make a couple of teams in the free hit game with predominantly players from one team just in case they do have a monopoly on the ball during the game. That's a great call, like especially with Hawthorne. I mean, we know they dominate exactly. possession. Give it a look, guys. It's a great competition to play, and I'm awesome getting on it every comment. week. And, I think uh, we've won about a thousand dollars between the three of us so far. So just a little brag, but you yeah. know, come and steal, come and try steal some money off us because it's a bit easy. Ego cast here. Um, yeah, get on it, guys. And uh, now, cheers for chucking lots of tea better. I think I saw tea better sucks. Tea better. <laughs> Must beat tea better. Must beat tea better is a pretender. Yeah, if, if you're listening to this, chuck in the best tea better pun, and you'll get a shout out on the pod next week. Okay, time to wrap up uh, this week's pod. And as usual, we'll go through the things to think about coming into round six. And it's another weird week. We've just had a week with a, you know, a, fr- was it a Thursday game, no Friday game, and then a Monday game. So mm. that was uh, a little bit interesting. Bit but 
This week, we've got three games each day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and those three Friday games, obviously, it's a public holiday, and the first one is a Collingwood Essendon Blockbuster at 2.40pm Eastern Standard Time. What this means is we have a different lockout situation with the colour competition. So, it's full lockout for Dream Team at 2.40pm, as usual, for Dream Team, it's always locked out the first game of the weekend, but what this means is that we won't know the Sunday benches. That doesn't come out to 5.40ish or something a little bit later in the night. So, you have to have your players locked in away from that one. On the other side of that, AFL Fantasy has a partial lockout until the third game starts, which is at 8.40pm uh, Eastern Standard Time. And that's... The Freo North. That's the Freo North game, yeah. What this... That means we can vice-captain loophole. Copyright. As we did last week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Trevor. Um, Essendon, Collingwood, Brisbane, St. Kilda guys. We need to be looking at these guys for the vice-captains. And anyway, same thing happened with the partial lockout, which you're trading. Who would you be looking at for the vice-captain loophole, Mark? Oink! <laughs> Obviously not many people have in this team, but I reckon Swanee, you'd have to go with him as your VC loophole. If, if you had him in your team, which obviously a lot of people don't. Um, then there's the obvious other guys like Beans and Pendlebury. Um, Essendon guys, Joe Watson. Yeah. I'm not sure what his record is. Joe Watson hasn't been too piggish lately. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be looking I at like him. With the vice-captain, I like putting the, the guys with the highest ceiling. So maybe a, um, a Rocky or a, or a Heppel over Joe Watson. You know, Joe and Watson might not... And the tag as well. Yeah, that's the thing to look at. Maybe yeah, just before the Essendon and Collingwood game kicks off, if you've got a few spies at the game, you can see when the camp is heading to and quickly lock in your vice captain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Watson or Heppel, one of them is going to get a Macapa ring, so we don't know who that is. You take your risk. And it's, yeah, it's a vice captain, so you can take a risk. You can go someone like uh, like Rocky or even whoever else you might have. Revolt. Um, <laughs> revolt, exactly. Revolt uh, against Quick, Brisbane. Clint Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. If you've got those guys in your team, you're kidding yourself. You'd probably just go find that little delete. But anyway, <laughs> point number two, there's some bubble boys coming into round six. Um, not as many as in the past. Yeah, quite, well, um, quite a few cheeky little options. Yeah, leading the way, Sam Lloyd, negative 108. Another yeah. Sam, Sam Gray, negative 70. Nick Robertson from Brisbane, neg 52. Also from Brisbane, Cutler, neg 39 for your defence. Patrick Cripps, who hasn't really looked too good lately with break-even of eight. Jackson Sheringham, who looks about 50, he's um, <laughs> got a break-even of six, and Jack Billings from Get around here, my boy! 22 <laughs> break-even, you'll play a bit he's more He's the future. Him. Yeah, I think... Future Brownlow medalist right there. I think the two main ones to look at is Sam Lloyd, as you mentioned, a massively negative break-even, and Nick Robertson. They'll probably be the two most traded-in rookies mm. this week. Lloyd especially great, because he's a forward-line option, and yeah. there are a and lot of trolls running around there. And Robertson with that job security, I don't think Brisbane have got anyone left to bring in, so <laughs> I think he'll be hanging around for a fair while. Yeah, Luke McGowan got the game on the weekend boys <laughs> four points uh, bit of a superstar there negative five at half time or something something ridiculous yeah back to uh, back to the rookies Sam Lloyd negative one you would take him over Jack Billings obviously this is all dream team because yeah. that, we only have bubble boys in dream team but I mean Sam Lloyd and Jack Billings I mean they're both pretty good scorers but you obviously take the guy's price 100 points less about to make you a shitload of cash mm-hmm. uh, Nick Robinson in the midfield you'd have to look at him over Gray Gray was substituted on the weekend uh, Patrick Cripps I mean he plays for Carlton and they're going to get a lot of youngsters yeah. in there and Judd just got injured you could think could about him but option. I like Robertson I think he's got points on the board chuck him in there alright any other mid rookies on the horizon that we should be looking at boys some that haven't really come into their second game yet well there's a couple of little bulldogs hanging around um, Marcus Bontempelli had his first game this week um, he looked pretty good for his 51 didn't get a didn't get bested wasn't green or red bested so that's some one guy we can be looking at maybe for next week but he does have a price of 197k so he is quite a bit more expensive especially in real dream team where a lot of the base of rookies are below 100k 
Um, there's also Mitch Honeychurch is being thrown around. Um, he apparently had a really good game in the VFL on the weekend, and he could be sort of being starting to be considered for selection. Yeah, he um, had a sorry just on Mitch Honeychurch. He had 27 touches, seven tackles, four free kicks, four. So that means you know he's getting in the in the eyes of the umpires. There, 107 DT points, and he was named first in the best. So if he's ever going to break into the team, it'd be you know in the near future. And I'd another say. reason I like both those guys as Bulldog is they both have round nine buys. So um, yeah. that seems to be the round that we're light on, or most people are lighter on. So if you're looking for, you know, round nine buy players, one or both of them could be pretty handy. Cool. All right. Yeah, just thinking about buyers, just moving into that. Obviously, the thing, if you're just looking at it in a very simple way, just avoid the round out eight players, because that's where everyone's chock up off. You've got Collingwood, Geelong, Richmond, Richmond, Essendon, all these, you know, really good fancy teams, and they're chock a block. And the good thing about that, I suppose, is... As soon as that round eight buy is done, in round nine, round ten, you can start to bring in these guns, the, the SJs, the Selwoods, all these guys that you haven't got. Nice. I mean, yeah, well, that's. A, I mean, should we consider hoarding a bit of cash, or when we can just go bang in these weeks? Is, I reckon is it's a thing pretty. I reckon it's a pretty good idea. Getting, you know, having having a hundred or probably even more, maybe one hundred and fifty to two hundred k cash in the bank, you know, it might seem tough at the moment to have that much money sitting there, but you know, it'll be very handy later on. Yeah, and let's not forget that the buyer situation is different between both comps. So you only get the two trades in AFL Fantasy. So if you need to make some cash to go bang, mm. got to do it before uh, before round eight finishes. On the other side of that, we got three trades per week in uh, Real Dream Team and I believe in Supercoach as well. So it's a little bit easier to make cash and get the guys you want to get in there. Is there anything else we should be thinking about? The last thing I'll say is just remember to press that save changes button. <laughs> the consequences of not doing so, they're not pretty. And also, yeah, thanks to everyone who... You know that on the Friday afternoon on Twitter, letting everyone know about it, reminding everyone. Maybe just yeah, yeah or just set a reminder in your phone for five minutes <laughs> before lock out to go save changes button. Also, last week, something we can remember for the future when there is Thursday games, you can't reverse your changes after partial lockout. Uh, Actually, yeah. sorry, you can in AFL fantasy these days, but if you did a double trade and one of those players are locked out, everything's gone. So even just one of your players plays on the Thursday night, even if you have enough cash. You can't reverse it. So just keep an eye on those things. And maybe in the future, only do your trades at the last possible minute. All right, we're getting to the big calls to finish off the pod, as we always do. I'll kick mine off first. I'm I'm pledging right now to everybody listening, and especially to you two in this room, help me out next preseason, because I am not going to pick any of these hacks in the midfield next year. <laughs> I had Swan this year, who I actually told myself was going to be crap. Yep, still picked him. Still got uh, Marston, who has just been... He's just done everything. He's, hit, he's got... You know, shitty scores. He's been injured for apparently three or four weeks, and he comes in after one. And then we got Libba, who's just absolutely getting dominated. And um, after his breakout last year, next year I'm just going to pick five most <laughs> pricey premiums, chuck him in there because I would have gone so much better if I'd had Stevie J, a bit of Ablett, I don't know who else. Oh, Barlow was one more expensive. Nice. I mean, no, he got injured, but I would just be miles ahead of where I am now, and uh, it serves me right for going to get a little bit tricky. Anyway, Mon, what's your call? Big call, the boys, the Saints, they're back. <laughs> Three and two, sitting just outside the eight. As I've already said, they will pants Brisbane over in New Zealand on air. Are you a day. Saints supporter, are you? Oh, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to keep the lid on, but, you know, after beating Essendon, that was a big win. So, yeah, my big call is the Saints will jump into the eight after a big win this week, and Rewalt will have another massive score, despite, this is why it's a big call, he hasn't had one ton in his last eight games versus Brisbane, but I reckon he'll buck that trend. He just looks in amazing shape this year. All right. Thank you. Very well as vice-captain. 
Why not? Money where the mouth is. Sean, I'm going to have to wait to see what the, um, the pirate says. <laughs> All right, my big call this week is that Fantasy Punt is going to pay out winners with just one cent in the, in the, in the free game. <laughs> Bit of an in-joke if you play the game, but yeah. If in case you didn't know, with, with the free entry, you know, people sit there entering in, you know, literally hundreds of teams. <laughs> so, yeah, basically, you, you look down the list and the winners, and I throw that term around loosely, <laughs> some of them last week ended up with two cents. Now, I mean, I understand, you know, it's a free game. I shouldn't be complaining, but it's, it just really, is really hard to get excited about a two-cent win. But, yeah, so um, I propose a couple of changes, choose one or the other, either restrict the amount of teams per, per like, player, or just change the pricing structure because a thousand dollars amongst four hundred people doesn't doesn't stretch 4, very far. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to brag, guys, but I had like four or five teams win last week. Got seventy eight cents. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know what I'm going to spend it on, but it's going to be something big. Get yeah, one and a half lollipops for that. Yeah, no, I, I actually sent them a like a tweet and DM and all that sort of stuff. No reply. Bit of constructive advice. Yeah, just trying to help the boys out and uh, just been getting donuts back. So. Listen listen to the people who play your product, guys. Limit the amount of uh, free entries you can chuck in because it's not actually fun to do the free one anymore. I, I don't, Can't be bothered. What's the, difference between, yeah, what's the difference between winning a dollar and 40 cents or zero? Like, it's nothing. So, yeah, fix it up, guys. Great big call, John. Anyway, guys, I think that's it for us. Um, it's been quite a long pod, so thanks for hanging around with us. Go St. Kilda, obviously, for more. Kind of Saints. And uh, Eagles will probably lose against Carlton this week, <laughs> which, is, uh, <laughs> which is how good we're going. Anyway, thanks for listening. Good luck uh, this week with the Anzac Day uh, weekend, I suppose. And make sure you get your teams locked in and your vice captain. Press that save changes. Locked save in. changes. Yeah, you know, we've told it all about all before. Good luck and uh, see you next week. Bye.